while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. So we're just... uh, We're waiting on Scott Lang. We're waiting on Scott Lang, but we have uh, Councilor Shane Burgo and Councilor Ryan Prairie here. We were were talking in the first hour about, uh, you know, a pretty tumultuous meeting last night, but they wanted to clear the record. Uh, But we've got some calls. We've got some app chat messages. Let's start with the phones. Good evening. You're live. Hey, how's it going? Hi. So, uh... Personally, I'm disappointed in, in uh, what took place yesterday. And anyone who's making excuses for Linda Morad because she's a woman, I think that's atrocious, to tell you the truth. She, she's accountable like anyone else, especially today, nowadays, and, you know, it, it, it's 2023. I think she can stand on, on her own two feet, uh, and uh, she doesn't need anyone coddling her. And, uh, very disappointed they're making light in the fact that the city council has been chaotic since she's been uh, placed as president and uh, in my opinion has not been productive and uh, you know basically she's trying to create a body of six but she only has a body of five right now and i'm extremely disappointed in my ward six counselor yes you're my ward six counselor and i am disappointed that you are now uh, you know, part of that body of five that uh, Miss Morad keeps uh, talking about, and uh, you know, I thought you were an independent thinker, but but, but from what I see, uh, you're just uh, you know part of uh, Linda Morad's team. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my feeling. Have Th- a good night. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you, Ryan. You, you took the lion's share of that that abuse there. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I respect uh, uh, everyone's opinion. You know, I can count multiple times where I disagreed with with Councilor Morad, uh, Council President Morad, um, and where I agreed with with every w- with other colleagues. Listen, when it's a yes or no vote, you're going to agree with some people and you're going to disagree with others. It's not going to be uh, you're going to have groupings, right? And and I I am an independent uh, uh, vote on the city council. I, I consider myself a little more conservative uh, when it comes to fiscal matters, so I typically have to line up uh, with those who are fiscally conservative, such as Councilor Morad. But on the other hand, I consider myself socially uh, a little more socially progressive or okay. socially liberal, and and I find myself agreeing with another block of voters, uh, uh, counselors such as uh, uh, Councilor Burgo, and I think that. And then that's okay, right? It's okay to line up with other people. It's okay to agree with other people. But I think at the end of the day... Well, you, if you agree with someone on an issue, you can't say, I'm not voting my conscience because I don't want to be associated with you, Counselor. Although it would be funny to right, say that. Right, But Yeah. I, I, I understand I, what you're saying. 100% always vote my conscience. I 100% always uh, vote independently of, of what uh, is... On what's being discussed. Scott Lang has just walked in with pizza. He never comes empty handed. Wow. What, what a he wild Friday night. Hey guys, I like yeah. it. I got some. <laughs> I got He's some. Yet. Hey, it, 
We thought it was Jeff Deal at Scott Lang. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't bring pizza? No. <laughs> missed the, yeah. so, so, the memo. So, um, so actually, time. we've got some app chat messages. We've got some calls. So let's just get uh, to these. Um, so uh, one of them is Bob in New Bedford. says, can you ask counselors about the proposed nonprofit coordinator? It was in committee. Um, will help what Ryan is saying about accountability. Do you know what that is, the nonprofit coordinator? Yeah, uh, I think it's Bob uh, Robert Cabral, yeah. uh, former War Three uh, candidate. Uh, he had come before um, my committee, Affordable Housing Homeless Spirit, and it's based on the motion that Council Pereira had uh, given. Um, Thank you. You know, I think we talked about... It's a about bag that. of drugs that we're getting, oh. Scott. <laughs> well, let the record reflect it is not. No, it's, <laughs> not. <laughs> it's a re-election year. I don't want to be associated with... <laughs> missing evidence from the DA's office in the 80s. You guys heard of the Oh, yeah. Well, so just to, uh, to recap, you know, this is a motion that uh, Council Brother put together. I think we talked off air about this, uh, about, you know, the, how ma- we have a lot of resources uh, out there, but not necessarily a centralized location for people to access it. Uh, so this position that the, the app chat message is referring to is finding a way for City Hall to uh, have a centralized person that someone can go to or contact when uh, someone's in need of uh, services. Okay. Um, so uh, another one is Catherine from New Bedford. I see one. Shane from New Bedford, the counselor at large, Shane Burgo, is very <laughs> handsome. He's my favorite counselor. Uh, uh, <laughs> Catherine from New Bedford, please, exa- please explain in some detail how the council decided that the current animal control officer should earn $102,000. What city or town, other than a large city like Boston, pays that type of salary? What, com- what comparison data did you use? Thank you. So, uh, you know, um, I spent a lot of time on this issue. I spent a lot of time on uh, on the um, unit C reclassification. So let me just state a few th- a few facts, and then I can answer that question a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. effectively. So the first the first item of in- information I'd like to uh, disclose is that we never received as a council the actual study. We received data. We received spreadsheets and data that was released to the public. It was received and placed on file on the city council's record. The clerk... The city clerk has that all on file. We never received a report stating this job description, this job description, this job description, and comparing them across the board. And when you look at it across the board and and, and compare all the job descriptions, it doesn't always line up perfectly, right? Because other towns and cities might offer operate a little different than other cities and towns. So, you know, when looking at the director of leash law who's responsible for a wide range, Mass- uh, New Bedford is one of the only communities that their leash law, uh, the animal control uh, actually uh, uh, euthanizes animals, actually kills animals. And is allowed to authorize, is allowed that, to yeah. authorize that. Uh, and Can anyone and, just volunteer to do that? No, I don't think so. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's allowed. Um, You're saying Dwight K. Schrute. Yeah, you know, fair enough, right? fair enough. That, yes, that definitely. So, you know, it doesn't always compare right across the board. So you can go and look at the salaries of other leash law, uh, directors of leash laws in other communities, but they don't line up with the same responsibilities, and that needs to be taken into account for. Um, yeah, and just to expand on that, I think what's important when, when we're looking at these unit C reclassifications is we're not looking at the person, but we're looking at the job description uh, and the role itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and even, you know, like we said, we did have Boston on there for some comparable cities, which originally Council Morad didn't want on there because we felt like we weren't as big of a city. And we were told by the administration, I know that I've been criticized by saying this, but we did work with the administration on this. We might not have spoken with Mayor Mitchell specifically one on one, but his 
appointed people, the personnel director, the auditor, the acting CFO. These are all people that answer to Mayor Mitchell. So if we're having conversations with them, we're having conversations with him. Um, so I, I feel like it's very misleading to assume that we did this arbitrarily and that we didn't do it in partnership with his administration. Yeah, I do take... I, I think it's the second time Councilor Burgo has labeled Mayor Mitchell misleading. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Third time. No, no, he agrees with me, yeah. I, I, you know, I would also. I mean, that, that's real. I'm just saying that that's really different. And I'd like to jump in, Chris, sure. really quick, and just say, you know, uh, Council Berger also brought up another word that really bothers me. Um, that was that the administration, or, or specifically the mayor, used to describe the council's role uh, or votes as arbitrary. I, I take offense to that. I, I spent so much time on this, and to be just dismissed as arbitrary, and to have, you know. And not to question that at all, not to take that further. Well, why is the council, why do you think the council's being arbitrary? Or why is that being labeled that? When I spent so much time, you can call the city auditor, the CFO, the, 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 the personnel director. I probably spent 48 I to 50. I wouldn't have allowed to talk to us. No. <laughs> Can't help you there, but 48 to 50 hours working on this and to just be labeled as arbitrary is so, is so misleading? disappointing and misleading. So, um, we're going to And not a, truthful. So, what we're going to do is, uh, we, we know, um, you guys have a. It's a Friday night, and you guys got some stuff that you want to do. And we're gonna we're gonna take these calls, and then we're going to uh, we're gonna let you go. Good evening. Yeah, hi guys, how you doing? Hey Tom, what's uh, up? Very interesting on the uh, New Jersey Brogdon uh, situation and presentation. Uh, I, I would recommend, however, that you know if that was in play, and we already built the thing that could be built, and they're going out the back door. Where are they going to? There isn't any housing at the other end of that tunnel uh, is the problem. So rather than uh, spin the wheels to build a new uh, shelter with the wraparound services, which is a pretty good idea, I think maybe we, we could experiment a little bit with the current shelter system that we have, uh, start doing and see the effort uh, to do wraparound services down at St. Hedwig's uh, mm-hmm. for those people there. I think uh, there's probably 60 or 80 people uh, in the entire complex, both male and female, and then realize that at the end, uh, once these services are provided, the problem is we don't have enough permanent housing. That's and, an excellent uh, point. I, I think that that effort, uh, and this is where, you know, I, I enjoy listening to you guys. You're new, and you have a, a broader portfolio of thought on a lot of things because Tom, how did we lose him there? Yeah, I think I we, think we lost him. Well, I can kind of speak briefly on that. Um, uh, you know, part of the presentation uh, that that she gave was the first item of business before we before they even created that center or that all inclusive one stop shop. The first thing needs to be a priority on housing. It needs to be a housing first mindset, and I am a hundred percent in favor of that. I I believe that at, at um, I believe that currently what we need to do. By the way, Scotty Blang is going around person to person serving his pizza. pizza. <laughs> so next, he'll wash our feet. You just don't <laughs> really. So what I believe that we should do is increase supply. Increased supply of housing. It's simple economics, right? We say we have a housing crisis in the city of New Bedford. We talk about that. But we can talk about rent control, rent stabilization, which I think have might have some merit. But I think the 
The basic way to do that is to increase supply so demand goes down. Basic economics, right? Um, and I think that if we could accomplish that by cutting red tape at City Hall, getting on the same page, having having developers want to work in New Bedford. Developers don't want to work in New Bedford right now, and that's not a lie. That's not a. That's not just a a, a random idea. I hear it. Developers don't want to work in the city of New Bedford. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, and to the caller's point, um, yeah, the the twenty four hour uh, shelter that would offer wraparound services definitely isn't the end all be all or solving. And I, I think when we we're talking about the housing crisis, it, it takes an all tools in the toolbox approach. So it, you know, it's just one facet of what we need. Uh, you know, coupled with a, a bunch of other initiatives to really solve it. Um, but yeah, so I definitely take to that point of, yeah, we can have the front door and back door, but where are they going to? Right, so, yeah. we'll, um, we'll mercifully take one more call. Good evening. Hallelujah. Guys, Gilly Sapios. Hey, Gilly. Gilly. Oh, I knew it. 40 minutes I've been waiting. And you're going to waste are the you, time are you, now. Are you yeah. going to waste your time complaining? <laughs> waste my time. I mean, come on. You know, I've been listening to uh, Ryan, Ryan and everybody about what happened last night. Okay. You know I mean? The bottom line is, Linda Mallrad, and let me come down because 40 minutes is a long time to wait. Gilly, one more complaint. I'm going to drop you. For what reason? I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I can't. Guys. I can get to you when I get to you. If you spend your time, that's very precious to us, complaining about how much time you have to wait, I will drop you. It's I'm horrible sorry. radio. It's terrible radio. It's annoying to me. It's this is not easy. This is not an easy job. And guess what? You can't do it. Okay. So enough. Good evening. Yes, I, I'm back again. And just let me finish my thought. Sure, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, if, if there is a chance uh, to build housing, there, there may be because you guys are new and haven't been tarnished by the system yet. To separate <laughs> that type of housing with the plan that has has come up as far as ending homeless and keep that housing away from the housing authority and develop a different entity so that the jurisdiction on who goes in there uh, uh, can be uh, designed to end homelessness. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There isn't enough uh, units available. Uh, and in my efforts in my lifetime, I've experienced that over and over again. And recently, uh, it's getting more and more tight as we move on. But uh, I'm glad you guys are thinking outside the box a little bit. And I think you're both independent. And I hope you guys continue doing what you're doing. I appreciate thanks, that. Tom. Thank thanks, you. Tom. Thank you, Tom. Guys, uh, thanks so much for coming. We appreciate we it. Appreciate you staying. It's been a great segment. Thanks for having we us. Appreciate oh, you're you staying us out now. Okay. I see. Yes. Do you want to stay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, if we have more calls, I don't mind taking some more we, calls. We, I, we, I don't ever get this opportunity outside of Facebook where we'll people say Monday. terrible things about me. Right, bring you back Monday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I'll tell you what. We'll take a break. If we get some calls that pop up, you can take them. Perfect. All right. Station. Where, where's Mayor Lang? Scott. Scott. Um, <laughs> Oh, sure. uh, what? So, saw what? Coke? The Diet Coke. This is unpaid advertisement. Oh, the Diet Coke's right here. Sorry. You know, Marcus, we should have thought of inviting Scott every Friday 
Yeah, a know. long time ago. This is this, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. This really is wonderful. How about I just send the pizza and I don't come? <laughs> Even better. Well, you've got to send someone to serve it, though. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, anyone can bring pizza. Well, it's the serving that really adds the nice flair to it. So I'm I'm a very Happy to be here. Welcome, to be welcome, here former and future Mayor Scott Lang. No, no, I'm happy, I'm, I want to say I'm very happy to be here with uh, two city councilors. Happy to see them. Happy to hear them. I drove over listening to them. I think they do a great job. Uh, the city should be very proud of them. They're both uh, young public servants, and that's mm-hmm. what we need. You know, we need young people involved. So happy to be here tonight, fellows. And I, I heard your answers extremely thoughtful. Not everybody's going to agree. But you got to be a leader, and when you're a leader, you got to state your position, and then you got to listen. So I, I really admire that. So thanks for uh, allowing me to share a mic for a couple of minutes with the fellows. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. So, so we're here with. <laughs> so the night has been a little bit eclectic. We we started out with um, the counselors coming, and we had invited Scott. Actually, I'd invited you. Um, Last week, um, to talk a little bit about a number of issues, including the, the, the um, your work in the 1980 uh, presidential election and helping to re- uh, elect President Reagan, um, along with um, you know, it, and um, re- really, uh, history is about to be made with a former president about to pass away, um, and you were really involved. You were right down there with the Democrat Party in Washington at the time, so that was the original reason we had, we had invited you in, um, but also to catch check catch up with you on. Your opinions on what's going on in the state and yeah. the city. And then all hell she broke knows. loose, basically. <laughs> so, Scott, in your time as mayor, did a counselor ever, or an elected official in the city, ever call a reporter uh, a demeaning name, like Little Man? I, I, don't, I don't recall that kind of discourse. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you that it never happened, but I don't recall that, no. Yeah. No, I don't recall that, and I'm not... I'm not familiar with what what has happened recently that I can even comment on that. So, did you ever have a, a lot of counselors in a public meeting all at once complain about you? Well, I think every council meeting, I'm sure. <laughs> in fact, they didn't, they didn't, I'd be surprised, but it rolled off my back like a duck and it rolled off theirs as well. So, I mean, the next day we were right back at it again trying to work together. So, that... That doesn't surprise me and doesn't bother me at all. I mean, the council has a specific role under our charter. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we have a strong mayor. Uh, but the council is a legislative body. The council is also the body that appropriates. Yeah. Um, you got to work with the council. you got to respect each one. They're all elected. They're elected by the same people that elect you as mayor. So I, I always... Uh, you know, I would have differences with individual councils or the council, councillors or the council in general, but never took it personally. And uh, I think the last time I was on, you asked me a couple of questions. I said, I, um, I know all the city councillors now. I, I admire them. If, if you're willing to go to get out right. and uh, face, uh, you know, election and uh, run a campaign, face election, get elected – uh, then y- you have a real place in our city to help be a leader or help to be a leader and help lead our city. So, um, you know, I think th- there's got to be uh, respect on both sides, mutual respect. I, I didn't know the counselors were going to be here tonight. In fact, I'm 
you lured me saying if I had brought pizza and I could read some comics. And I right. Got to do that. comics. I got to do that. Um, that makes for good radio. It's fantastic. Oh, okay. You know the, the problem. The answer is not always. Right. Most of the time, but not always. The last time I read a Actually, comic, right? It was. Let's uh, not blame the comic. No, I, I, I didn't do it uh, the way I normally do, mm. and it. Uh, he fell like the Chinese balloon, right? You, you, it like blew out of the sky. I, it was my fault. Lamenting that. I, I no, I wasn't learned. I wasn't learned enough to understand the reference or fully appreciate it. Well, I've actually rewritten it, and I want to try it again. <laughs> and with the guys being here, I, I almost think I might do that right yeah, now. Yeah. So yeah, please. This, this, and, and I want to prove a point to you, Ryan, because this is very important. Okay, comics. If, if you explain them correctly. Um, you actually can have more of a connection with the audience than the comic would itself if they read it in the uh, in the paper. And uh, when I was a kid, it was not unusual for uh, someone to be on the radio mm -hmm. reading comic strips to the audience, and people loved it. But it has to be extremely extremely descriptive. Now, I have rewritten the comic that uh, the strip that just absolutely didn't resonate. Specifically with Marcus, Chris had left the room, mm -hmm. and I even even in spite of my Ed McMahon buddy here, <laughs> who I know will laugh at anything, right. uh, I decided you know I'm going to go this one alone because this is such a great uh, pitch. This is such a great bit that that uh, I found, and it was called "Not So Great Expectations" by Charles Dixon Dick, Dickens, and. Uh, so I, I said to Marcus, I'm now going to Can you move the mic a little bit? It. Sure, I'm sorry. Yeah. Now I'm going to describe the, the uh, comic, and it's a picture of a young boy named, a uh, young man named Pip, and he is dressed in his best Sunday attire, and it's a scene out of old England, but in the background you can see marshes and you can see a prison ship. And it was something that uh, Marcus, I saw his eyes start to glaze over. He wasn't following it. But instead of pulling hard on the stick right. and getting the nose up and no. getting out, I went and spiraled right into the ground. So I said, <laughs> I'm going to read this. My uh, Anyway, plow right through it and see what happens. So it was something like, excuse me, something like this. It said, uh, um, <clears throat> great expectations. And it said, Pip, an industrious young man and somewhat of a dandy, pursued all the young ladies of old England. And then the book that we were reading was called Low Expectations. And it said, Pip, after waking at approximately 9.47 a.m., complained to no one in particular about his tipid cup of tea. So, but Marcus didn't laugh last time. Marcus just looked at me with a blank expression, so, like waiting for more, right? And, uh, and, and that has bothered me ever since it happened. It, it, it hurt my confidence. Right, right. I was reluctant to come back on the radio. I wasn't seen in public for a while because you prepare for these comics. Right. And they hold it out to the listening audience like, we are going to have a special treat. We've been working on this in, segment for years. In three weeks. Right. In three weeks. And people are going, well, well let me put it on the calendar. In three right. weeks, right. Scott's going to come by and read some comics. We sell advertising. It's a major thing. People are going. People are saying, like, 
I know we're supposed to go to that wedding, right. but say no. We've got to stick around and listen to the comics. Right. Right. So that's, that's what happened. But I do have a number of comics here to, to read. I don't want to uh, uh, you know, have the full grand finale ahead of time. I, I can read one more, right? I think now, that would be great. I think it would right? be fantastic. Especially, and guys, look to me if you want to, if you want to play along, because if you're not sure... If I'm laughing, just mimic me. Oh. Right. So this, this, so this is a great, this is a great comic that I found. I find them randomly, and uh, and I cut them out. And you can see when I cut them out, I rip them out. Right. I don't cut them out. This is not a fancy thing. Full of enthusiasm for the comic book. This juvenile enthusiasm rises right. to the top. Right. right. That I bring, that I bring with me. And this is uh, this is a great, great comic. It's a Bizarro comic, and it has all the uh, trappings of a Bizarro comic. It has a little slice of cherry pie over in the corner. This comic, I'm, I'm going to give a date on it because you'll see um, how long I keep them. This comic was published on 12-22-22. Wow. So that's like uh, two months ago now, yeah. right? And I kept it, and I've, I've thrown it in a book, and I've been waiting to bring it out. This comic starts with a, uh, <clears throat> a picture of a hillside uh, with uh, flowers strewn uh, across the hillside. Uh, next to a railroad track. And the railroad track is an old-fashioned railroad track, and on it is a steam engine. But it's a steam engine uh, that's purple. It has a red cow catcher on the front of it. It's got yellow wheels. It has on the side, which which honors the comic strip, BZRR for Bizarro. And it has the face on a smokestack similar to those Tommy the... Uh, Tommy the tugboat or, or yeah. the train. The train. Thomas the train. Thomas the, the train, train, right? Yeah. And so it has a face on it, and the face has a scowl on it. And there's an engineer standing directly in front of the train on the tracks stopping the train. And the engineer is looking at the train trying to get an explanation of the train as to what it's doing. And the train says to the engineer, the people over the mountain can come here for their supplies. And the title, so, the people over the mountain, this is a train saying, <laughs> Rather than we'll be coming over the mountain. <laughs> over the mountain can come here for right. their supplies. And this title of this comic is, The Little Engine That Couldn't Be Bothered. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, this is real laughter, ladies and gentlemen. This is not canned. I didn't push a button. These are people Come laughing. Um, and, I love that. Yeah, I know, but it, the, the laughing is a little bit over the top, I have to admit. It's <laughs> that's funny. Because I, that's because I'm not indifferent. Right, but it, it's funny. It's not that funny, but it is funny. It's a nice little comic. So when I give an example that I, I will be asked from time to time to uh, read comics, and Ryan asks, is it really uh, appropriate to read comics on the air? I think it is if you read them correctly. If, yeah, you, if you put definitely. yourself into it. I challenge you to, I know you're artistic, both of you. I challenge you artistic. to. Artistic. Artistic, yeah. both of them. To come in uh, next time with a comic and read it. I challenge all the city councilors. Come in, bring a comic, and read it. And, and, uh, and we what can about have, a limerick? A limerick is fine. Some, well, something appropriate. Okay, right? all right. But I just I know a few limericks, but yeah, I don't yeah. want to be allowed to share them on the air. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So what what it comes down to, though, it's fun. And if the kids, you know, if the kids are still up, it's a little late. But if the kids are still up, kids love when you read comics. Not just kids, know. Scott. Well, Not just kids. Everybody's young at heart. That's right? that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So um, we're speaking with New Bedford Mayor Scott Lang, uh, Councillor Shane Burgo, Councillor Ryan Pereira. I've got a call on the line. Let's take it. Good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. How are we doing? Good. good. How are you? How are good. you? Yeah, good. You know, I just like to throw my uh, monkey wrench in and everything and screw it up. Okay? okay. I, I don't think it's going to happen because my tinfoil hat is uh, out of my reach right now. But I would like to say, with bizarre world in my my head, um, yeah. Recently, the uh, the council uh, called the gentleman a uh, journalist, a little man, and. A couple of weeks prior to that, uh, a gentleman speaking with his three minutes at uh, one of the meetings uh, was flipped off, they said, or thrown the middle finger. Then we had the issue of uh, meeting at restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. And then a small little item of giving out $50,000 raises. Um, this, in Bizarre World, is leadership, and you should pay heed to it because it's, it's your new normal in New Bedford. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Land. Thank you. Th- thank you for the call. Uh, so, Councillors uh, Ryan and, and and Shane of Bizarro Land, um, <laughs> do you, do you have any comment on the on the call? Uh, well, <clears throat> all fair, all fair criticisms, I, I suppose, in a part of public life. Uh, you know, the, the one that sticks out to me most that I want to make a comment about is our uh, the possible violation of open meeting laws uh, for wanting to eat together and enjoy each other's company and uh, really build that bond. Um, As I had talked earlier, you know, we like to be individualized as counselors, but we understand that we are one out of 11 and we have to work as a body. Um, So especially for Ryan and myself, I I believe that we're at a disadvantage when it comes to uh, that relationship that some of our colleagues have already built together. Um, and, and really, when we are meeting together for these dinners, I, I know it's my word against, you know, by, people might believe, but we honestly don't care enough about the city to talk about it at dinner. You know, we have other interests that, you know, as most of you know, I'm a singer. Ryan apparently plays the saxophone in the accordion. And the accordion. <laughs> so, you know, uh, Councillor uh, Morad has been talking about uh, a dress for her uh, nephew's wedding. So it's like very, we're human. We're human people that have regular conversations at dinner, similar to when you all go to dinner. I don't, I wouldn't assume that you only talk about your job. Um, so I just feel like it's an unfair criticism that we're going to these public restaurants where other people are dining around us to foil some plan to take over the city. <laughs> I just you know that's the only thing I wanted to mention from that call. So, 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 and on Ryan. top of on top of that, I would like to also point out, you know, we're not hiding it, right? We posted it publicly. We posted that we're going to gather. Uh, we're there's no meeting. There's no agenda. We don't call anything to order. We sit down and open a menu, you know. So um, and and by right of the open meeting law, you are allowed to come, come and watch us, come and observe. Um, so I want to say just a couple of things first, and I'm not familiar with what the uh, what the caller called about, but I lo- like Shane said, any call is welcome. I think it's great, and the, the more the more the merrier. And whether they have a question or criticism, it's always part of the uh, you know part of your responsibility to answer, listen, and answer. But um, decorum in the council chamber is extremely important. I talked about this maybe five or six years ago and actually posted it on my my uh, website. Um, 
Our website was my mayor's website, and I just renamed it Citizen Scott W. Lang. And I talked about the idea that... Plug in your ex- website. Ex- ex- isn't, that, isn't that something? Yeah. So, so <laughs> he's ex- plugging his website. Ex- ex- no, no, I, um, oh, wow. Planting no, I, the seeds. I love, I, I love when people go on that website and they say, God, you look so much younger. You know? <laughs> but but what, I think, what I think is really important, it's important in court, it's important at the family table, it's important when you go to city council meetings, when it's a committee meeting or a full meeting, the decorum. And the idea that, that uh, what is said at those meetings uh, resonates throughout our city and can be picked up around you know, the state, around the world, really. So I think it's really important that if, if someone has um, use slang, something like that, that that needs to be uh, rethought and people need to make sure that when you're in a council meeting, it's complete respect for the – forget about the individuals. The individuals are very important because you're counselors, you're public servants. But the institution itself is a really important institution. And we used to have a bicameral body, right? We turned it into a city council. And that city council... There was a bicameral body? There was, yeah. Really? Yeah. And it went until, I believe, the late 30s. And the chamber is still actually the... the, You can see over in... uh, On the second floor, uh, the remnants of that chamber. If you look... And actually, if you look through the window on the uh, the old naughty dog side, in other words, the parking lot side of City Hall, you can see that they actually cut that and put a floor in. It's very interesting. This history of City Hall is really spectacular. But once we had one city council, we have 11 people. We have 11 people who basically are charged with the responsibility of representing the people. And you have, you have to use the language that you want to be... Uh, basically confronted with in the street. You know, you want to make sure that you keep it at a very high level. I, I learned, I, I, when I first came to town, I worked with, I worked for John X. Forrest, who represented every union from P-Town to Providence up to Boston. And I'd go to union meetings, and uh, they were maybe on a weekend, uh, maybe on a Sunday morning, and I would show up like I'm dressed right now in dungarees, moccasins, a, a, you know, a shirt, and I realized very, very quickly that m- my presence was very important, but my demeanor, my dress uh, dictated how that meeting went. So if I came in and looked like, and I mean, I, I felt like I had been union, a union member since I was a kid, but if I went to a meeting as a lawyer and showed up dressed as if I was part of the union, it was a good chance someone was going to say to me, let's go outside and I'm going to kick the ever-loving heck out of you, right? right? <laughs> if I went in a suit and tie and I basically started out by explaining this is what the law means, this is where we are today, the, the respect in the room for everybody, for the fellow members as well as for me and the union leadership was enhanced dramatically. So I think from that perspective, I don't know what the fellow that called is talking about. But decorum is really, really important. Now, you go behind closed doors or anything, it's, it's whatever it might be. And however you, you, know, you want to uh, conduct it, again, that on occasion people will be less than they normally would be in public. But when you're in public, it is a very, very high standard because you want everyone in the city to aspire and say, one day I'm going to be like Ryan, one day I'm going to be like Shane, one day I'm going to be like Scott when it comes to being an elected official. The last thing I would say is is this. You, on an open meeting, 
is, this is this is very interesting because I've been wrestling with a number of different state statutes this week regarding transparency, openness. Um, open meeting is something that you really want to be careful of, respect, get an opinion. When I I had holiday gatherings with the counselors, I had to break it into three sections because we got an opinion that said I could not meet with the city council for a dinner, a holiday party, without a technical violation of the open meeting law. And they said to me, do you really want a technical violation of the open meeting law? Because it means we have to investigate. We have to ask everybody what they talked about. Everything that you just said is perfectly fine, makes all the sense in the world. But if one, some person raises the specter that, gee, someone reached over, elbowed someone, said, hey, winked, nodded, touched the side of their nose, wiggled their ears, whatever it might be, next thing you know, you got a situation where everybody's under oath, affidavits, the whole ball of wax, you know? Let's let's continue this after the break. i got to take this break. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. One's on the left, left. the other on the right. right. But they're both ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight here on WBSM. All right, we got to transition to a break really quickly. So just yes. a couple of things. One, Scott Lima is listening. He said hi. He's enjoying the conversation. He thinks it's very nostalgic. He's in the council chambers with his son. So Scott Lima says hi. Um, and uh, the other is a quick lightning round, and then we'll, we'll, we'll uh, click quick right lightning round. Are you going to run for mayor this year? Pointing to you. Oh, you're pointing at me. Yes. I am not going to run for mayor this year. Are you going to run for mayor this year? I am not running for mayor Even if this John year. Mitchell decides not to run? Even if John Mitchell decides not to run. Okay. Uh, Chris, what were you going to say? Well, then I guess the next question so is... Scott Lima, Ward 5. <laughs> no, no we, 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 Scott Lima, Ward 5. There's another Scott Ellis. does a great job on constituent services. Mm-hmm. He's out and about with his with his uh, son all the all time. The time. see is, him yes. everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, tip of the hat to him. And the, the idea that he's listening to, to the two of you is very important. I, I think uh, Scott is out there as eyes and ears. That's something that's very important with the counselors. The mayor can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Counselors basically the eyes and ears of the city and the administration. They let you know, got a pothole here. We've got a tree down. Uh, Mrs. Murphy needs a, a uh, has some questions about a tax abatement. So for clarification, I'm going to take one more break and then we'll be back. It's really one of the roles Brian Gomes. Oh, no. 